0: You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McHuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do...
0: This is the Comedian's Comedian Podcast. Podcast. Hi there, I'm Stuart Goldsmith. Welcome to the show. And this is one of my very favourite comedians. A man I was very, very thrilled and pleased to have onto the show uh, when we recorded this live at the Edinburgh Festival at the Gilded Balloon earlier this year. Uh, It was a travesty that this man didn't get nominated for or win any of the awards at the Comedy Festival. He had one of, if not the best show up there. This is Mr. Eddie Peppertone.
2: Hey, thank you for having me. Hi, everybody.
0: Yeah, nice. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's a very friendly, gentle sort of Sunday afternoon I like, show.
2: I like um, just chatting like this, <laughs> as opposed to what I normally do, which is scream. <laughs> <laughs> just about rage. And insecurity. I like like the chat format. I wish that you know I could do like a one a.m. show here and just be like, "Hey, everybody!"
0: (laughs) (laughs) You walk off stage and go into sort of mellow mode. And go, "There we go." I got eaten
2: alive by an audience. um, I I had never done the late live show, Mm. and I I had never really, uh, you know, it's my first time here, and they just literally, I felt like they would have, you know literally eaten me yeah. and boiled me in a pot if they could have you know
0: that's that's strange why do you think that was because if, if you're not aware of late in life it's billed as the comedy abattoir that has slain a thousand comics and I, i've done it <laughs> i've done it several times myself and it's um it, i mean it used to be certainly 10 years ago it was it was the gig all the other comedians went to see because like how's everyone going to cope with this audience i would have thought that someone with your Uh, stage persona you know the the shouting howling pain and rage and all that would have would have chimed with that audience right well you
2: you you thought wrong (laughs) on (laughs) Uh, on, on that one yeah um
0: no, I'm aware. I'm opening the interview by asking you to describe a recent horrific gig. Yeah. <laughs> well, I brought
2: it up. No, well, I brought fine. it up, <laughs> but yeah, it was it, it was it's a, it was it was a rough thing. And you know, one thing I find as a stand-up is that I always need to do a show at least once mm-hmm. to kind of get the lay of the land and and know what to expect. Sure. And um, also as an American. Coming, you know, you know, coming here for the first time, and I and I haven't, and this is my first time actually in Europe, which is sad but true. Um, I don't know. You know any of the regionalisms, like yes. the the real specific things that people talk about, especially on a show like Late in Live. They're yeah, like, "Where are you from?" and they get really specific. And I'm just and I'm just trying to do all this conceptual stuff that they don't want to <laughs> hear. <laughs> they, you know, I'm like, "Well, hey, what if a magician?" And they're like, "Brrr!" You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and I was like, "What? I, I need love, you know." <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, I, I did scream at them for... Yeah. I was supposed to be on stage for 20 minutes, and I think a lesser man would have <laughs> left after one, but I stayed on for 17 minutes just screaming at them, yeah. you know, uh, telling them that I'm, I'm y- better than them, even though they hate me.
0: It's nice that... <laughs> It must be nice to have that option as a comedian. Like what I do on stage, I'm kind of a charmer, and I try and charm the audience. You know, <laughs> I and do that they, too. If they hate, well, of course you do. Yeah, absolutely, you
2: have to. Even if you're rageful, it has to be a charming ragefulness.
0: Yeah, you but know I, what I mean, I don't have that thing to like. If it bombs and they don't are not charmed by me, I, the most I could do is sort of stamp my foot and then. Yeah, so, no, that's rough. Off. That's you, rough. You can just unleash the, the right. Awesome, then I get
2: know? even crazier. Yeah. you know. And uh,
0: yeah, must be good to know you've got those gears. You can just hit the red button and go. Well, this isn't working. I'm going to drive it into the ground. (laughs) Yeah, 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 That's what I did. (laughs) So, just to to put you into uh, into some context, we were chatting a a little bit uh, about how long you've been doing comedy. So, for anyone here or listening that hasn't seen your work before, and I must say, if you if you haven't seen Eddie's show this year, you you must go. He's uh, it's like a bomb's gone off at the Edinburgh Festival. So many comedians are going. My God, have you seen? You're the hottest ticket here. I would say amongst the comedians I've spoken to Uh,
2: that makes me glad and nervous (laughs) you know what I mean like oh my god like it's you know I think that's part of being a comedian too is that it's so hard to accept any kind of and it's that's (laughs) terrible so hard to accept any kind of compliment success because part of being a comedian a big part of it is just being so and antithetical okay. to everything yes. like oh really they like me well I fuck that I <laughs> that's fucking bullshit you know what I mean because for me you know the whole process is about you know me me um Railing against things about the way things are—that's yes. okay. what drives me. Like I'm just not one. Of like imagine, you know, if you're someone who just, you know, h- h- what would a comedian be like who's like, "Hey, everybody, everything is terrific, isn't it? Yeah. And there's nothing to talk about. Like, uh, we oh, that's a beautiful shirt, sir. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, ah, it literally is. What a great lovely, lovely here. person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good night, everybody. What a beautiful world we live in! <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: So does that, and does that come from your that antithetical nature? That is that seems very honestly your approach. It's not like something you've put on for comedy. It's not like okay, now I'm gonna now I'm
2: gonna yeah. do this. Is I it? think I owe it to my father, who was antithetical about everything. Okay, you know, my dad, uh, Sicilian, um, uh, school teacher. Uh, from new york city grew grew up in new york city and uh he always railed against everything and i and i really you know picked that up you know yeah yeah
0: so it's uh, it's part of your it's a, an aspect of yourself that you let to the fore is it or is it i mean are there lots of is is there an eddie peppertone show where you can talk about the stuff that you like or or can you could you not ever see that happening <laughs>
2: I should talk about stuff I like more, you know. Um, maybe as I age, you know, I'm 53. Maybe by the time I'm 75, I'll, I'll have a show about uh, squirrels. I love squirrels. <laughs> to just do a whole, I'll come to Edinburgh and do a whole hour on how I it. love feeding squirrels with walnuts. Yeah. <laughs> and I would love to do that at Leighton Live. <laughs> like, <laughs> for that for that brutal audience. Yeah and they'll be like we hate fucking squirrels you know and i'll be like yeah but they're
0: very gentle folks <laughs> See, that might be it. That might be the key to you doing late and live is you go back there next time and you go, right, ladies and gentlemen, here's the squirrel stuff. And by the end of it, they're just eating out of your hand, just all sitting cross-legged on the floor. Squirrels eat
2: out of my hand. <laughs> well, so why not the late and live audience? That's how you're going to get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So,
0: uh, so let, let's talk about your origins as a comedian. You were telling me before you've, you've mm-hmm. been doing stand-up for, was it 15 years? No, no, I've been doing it on and on. You know, well, I started, stan- I started
2: comedy, I would say, well, forever, because, um, you know, I was one of those kids who, uh, you know, I, w- I was, I just found my way into social uh, acceptance through mm-hmm. being funny. I mean, I was that typical guy who, uh, you know, got acceptance into the cool kids yeah. by being funny, you know what I mean, since I was like, I would say about nine, I started my Okay. my 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 secret comedy career, but then for real, I started it i My, my dad was a um, you know he wanted me to be like a doctor okay. so he was and he was really like forcing me into like a really good uh, college in the United States, and there was just no way. Uh, My mind could do like that kind of thing. Like I I was just so emotionally disconnected from uh, you know math and all that stuff. So I I I I think I started when I was around uh, twenty. Okay. I started my first thing I did was wrote I wrote a funny one act play. Okay. And it got produced by the college I was in. So that kind of then I was like oh I'm funny, you know I'm funny for real. And then I went from uh, you know, I went from I. I always have been inter- interested in writing. Mm. You know, and I and I wrote a couple of plays. I, you know, being from New York, I wanted to be like a Broadway uh, playwright, but okay. that never happened because my discipline with writing is very shoddy. Okay. Like you know, uh, I, it's very hard for me to sit down and just. Write for hours the way real writers do. My mind is more like I, I think of thi- like I get inspired mm-hmm. by particular ideas, sure. and um, and and it's very sporadic. And then then I write that down, and I revel in that idea. But I have to then share it. Like it's yes. so hard for me because I find the writing process to be uh, very lonely. You know what I mean? Like you're not. I'm such a live performer. You know what I mean? So I need to take the writing or the ideas and like I kind of write in front of an audience. But so so I started doing plays, and then I went into um, uh, stand up. When I was uh, about 20 and I found it so frightening when I first started, I was in New York and uh, I just was, I, I stayed with it. You know, you do open mics, you do mm. these, uh, you know, where you're just performing in front of comedians for a couple of years. Yeah. And, and I think I did it for one year and I just, I just couldn't stay with it uh, you know, as a solo performer so I started doing sketches okay. you know, with other guys and then I joined an improv company that toured the United okay. States
0: if, if we could just talk a little bit about that, that experience that first attempt at the open mic circuit because I know a lot of the listenership of, of the podcast of this show is newer comedians and that's certainly something that a lot of people will be going through as we speak Yes um, and, and when... I just
2: want to say in advance I'm sorry you have to go through that
0: Yeah <laughs> It's hideous. It's hideous. When there's so few audience members, few real audience members, you're turning up at gigs, and I'm, I'm fortunately, I'm not in this situation anymore, but I know a lot of people who are trying to find gigs in an increasingly, there's a surplus now of, of comedians. There's yeah, why? There's a
2: surplus. Yeah, well, of,
0: I, I, I think... Why do you think that is? Well, I think in the UK, my feeling is that the cat is out of the bag. Like, everyone has got... Stand-up's been so promoted on TV, it's exploding at the moment. Is and, is that right? Yeah, I, I when I started seven years ago... If I would tell people I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian—I you know, wasn't full-time then, but I, I still would tell people—I'd um, say I'm a stand-up comedian, and people would go, wow. And now when I tell people I'm a stand-up comedian in the UK, people go, oh, yeah, my brother's having a go at that. <laughs> you know, I, This is genuinely true. Do you think it's because—is
2: the economy bad in the UK like it is in the United States? Yes. My, my, no, this is my theory. <laughs> This is my theory, is that people can't find jobs anywhere and they're like, fuck, I could do that. Yeah, well, Like, I, instead of being a doctor, I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to tell jokes. I, you know? I
0: certainly think that it, it grows exponentially because the more, pe- I think the more people do it, the more people go, oh, this is actually an opportunity. This might have seemed like pie in the sky, but actually this is, in, this is entirely possible. And so many more people, I, 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 went to, uh, I went to see a therapist, a cognitive behavioral, uh, behavioral therapist for the first time as the first time I'd seen this guy hold on a cognitive behavioural
2: therapist attempting stand up or were you getting therapy I was
0: getting therapy okay good I went to no 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 I see what you mean but it's worse than that I went to see this guy uh, you know to get therapy from him yeah uh, good for
2: you for helping yourself oh thank you
0: (laughs) and he said um, uh, uh, he said so you're a performer I said yes I'm a stand up comedian and he said Oh yeah, I'm uh, I'm having a go at that myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what you want to hear, is it? No, oh my I would have left uh, Well, I did, I did, I left I, so, I'm said, i really sorry, I can't face A, the possibility of bumping to, into you on the circuit <laughs> and, and, and B, <laughs> I can't stand the idea that like, if, like A lot of my problems are to do with stand-up comedy And if you are still in the position of thinking it's this amazing thing to aim for You right. could be no right, help right. to me at all I think it would be
2: hilarious if you were comparing one night And he was the guy you were introducing <laughs> Like, this next guy has really helped me get through a lot of issues <laughs> And he has turned my thinking around through, you know, a tremendous. Anyway, I think even more than a comedian, he's a therapist. But tonight, (laughs) he's a comedian. You know, that'd be funny.
0: Ridiculous. So it's it's happening everywhere. So this this experience of uh, of being an open spot, an open mic comedian in front of an audience that largely consists of other open mic comedians who aren't a real audience, and if you, you they they they
2: aren't very giving a lot of time. (laughs) They aren't very giving is an understatement because they're there, uh, like, they're also, because when you're, when you're first starting out doing open mics, you're usually terrified. Yeah. And you're very insecure. So your audience is consisting of people like, I hope he isn't funny.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Totally. <laughs> I know, hope he like, isn't a
0: threat to me. I any. hope he yeah. isn't a threat to me, Yeah, yeah so uh, and that's you, you often get false positive like reactions from those gigs as well you might say something that's very funny but it's only funny to comedians and they're only laughing because they can see that you're not managing to get across what you want and so then when right. you take that gig, you go oh this stuff kills in front of my my open mic friends and then you go to an actual gig and, and people look at you and they go no you know if, you, yeah. if you're on stage going hey that was a callback you know and doing all this kind of pseudo revealing of the structure that might delight other newbie comics people you, will just look
2: You know what you said there that really caught my attention was uh, that they're that you know they're saying things that are only funny to comedians. Yeah. Like what's that about? You know what I mean? Like I'm asking you now. Well like what (laughs) No, I turn the tables on on podcasting. (laughs) Think I'm gonna do all this work no um, <laughs> no but that, that is that is an interesting thing because I struggle with that still because I'm known as the comics comic yeah which means he's not really that funny to mainstream people
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, well I think in, in your case I think it's a kind of a and, and I when I've come to see you and I saw you at the, the Tron a couple of nights I saw you on your first show here and I've seen some of your other shows um the, the, it I can see lots and lots of comedians in the audience, yeah, and I think that's because I think that's a positive thing because I yeah think I do is, at this point i do there is a delight in other comedians, oh my god, we didn't know you could do this, do you know what right. I mean and that's so I think that's that's right. that's your your kind of end of it, but I think in the open mic circuit, what I mean is yeah when you're doing um like you know, if you like, there'll be three comics at the back of the room, and a regular like a commercial club. You're playing jogglers or somewhere, and uh, it's a commercial club. It's full of stag doos and hen do's. Three comics at the back of the room. You'll say something. It fails to get a laugh, and all three comics piss themselves. <laughs> <'cause>, uh... <laughs> well, first, first, you
2: know, part of that is that comics love when they they see a thing fail to get a laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's exactly. something so funny about watching another comic completely completely just absolutely not connect with an audience yeah. and you're just like ah ha, ha, ha,
1: ha.
2: <laughs> that is so funny because I've gone through that so many times yeah and, yeah, yeah yeah that's
0: it's ob- it's almost o- an observational comedy experience for comedians it works yeah. like observational comedy <laughs> yeah. it's almost like something about the dying comic is saying yes. hey you know when this doesn't work and the people at the back of the room go yes i know exactly what that's like <laughs> So, I've got a lot to get through in this little section. Please don't skip ahead. Some of it's important, some of it will be very good for you. I'll try to do a little bit less relentless plugging and more just telling you about important stuff. So, first things first, Eddie's album, uh, A Great Stillness, uh, is out now. You can listen to that. In fact, if you haven't already heard it, why not pause this and then go and listen to that album or watch some of his stuff on YouTube. Uh, and uh, and you'll really, if you've not seen him before, he's just incredible. So it might you might feel a little more informed if you do that before listening to the rest of the show. And um, but you can buy his album from his website, EddiePeppitone.com the album's called A Great Stillness and a movie a documentary about Eddie's life on the comedy circuit as a, as a comedian's comedian in fact uh, it's called The Bitter Buddha and there's a link to that from com as well I'm in love with Eddie's comedy if you missed it at Edinburgh uh, you are going to get bored of people telling you how amazing it was and how uh, how dumb you are to have missed it um, he's an incredibly fascinating funny very literate man very articulate uh, very insightful uh, he's got the benefit of many years experience of uh, performance of one sort or another and a fair bit of time on the comedy circuit and we'll be talking about how and indeed why he makes his comedy how he writes for Twitter and some really interesting stuff uh, on Eddie's views on improvisation and how he uses that to to make material. A couple of important things. Uh, I got a reader's email. I got an email from Brian Manton who says I'm sure I'm missing, uh, I'm operating on some missing information having only listened to two episodes but why do you seem to try and pimp out your daughter at the end of each podcast? It's like taken in reverse. You're looking for someone with a particular set of skills who will take her off your hands <laughs> well, that's brilliant. Thank you very much for that, uh, Brian. Uh, just to remind uh, the rest of you who already know and tell Brian and any new people, uh, this is a code word that comedians can say to me if they'd like to be on the show, so that I know that they're fans of the show. If they can get in touch with me, or when I see people at gigs, or if they want to email or tweet or whatever, uh, and simply say, I'd be very pleased to be introduced to your beautiful daughter. It's already worked. Uh, the One of the first uh, versions of this, one of the first cases of this happening, uh, is the incredibly good, uh, the incredibly interesting and Lovely Mike Gunn, uh, who sent me such an email. I went round to his house earlier this week, and I'm going to be releasing that episode of a brilliant conversation with Mike uh, next week. So that's that's the beautiful daughter thing. You can still submit your new hack at comedianscomedian.com backslash new hack. Uh, these are things that well, but we'll just have a little uh, a little reminder of this uh, new hack are things that you are absolutely sick to death of hearing comedians get laughs from uh, on stage. There are rules up on the website. It's not just for any kind of hack. It's not personal. It's not a witch hunt. We're not attacking any individual it's just those things when you say to yourself oh I shouldn't have said that that was really lazy uh, and the the fabulous and very funny Kai Humphreys spotted a common piece of what I'm calling meta hack uh, he texted me recently and said a bit of a new hack is when you come off stage and say when I did that stock line a bit of me died brilliant we're taking this uh, into several new levels now, very exciting news, as promised. Uh, there is a special Comedians, Comedian Live coming up in February. On Wednesday, the 6th of February, I'm going to be talking to the wonderful comedian James Acaster. I'm going to host, we'll have a support slot, and then James is going to do half an hour of his favourite stuff and some new stuff as well. Then we'll have an interval, and after the interval, I'm going to interview James for this podcast. So everyone will get to hear the interview bit. If you're a, a podcast listener, you'll get to hear that uh, when we release it. But to properly appreciate the interview, or, or appreciate the interview even more so, you've got to come and see the gig. How's that? so James is amazing he was nominated this year for an Edinburgh Comedy Award not before time and uh, he's been supporting Milton Jones on tour as well as being a tremendous act he's also very very articulate about comedy so it should be a really awesome show so please do come and see that tickets are £6 it's on Wednesday the 6th of February Um, I know that's miles away but I kind of want to start banging the drum for it now and uh, and giving you a chance to uh, to get in and get your tickets if you haven't come to this episode yet if you see what I mean you can leap in and get tickets Tickets now from a link on the Facebook group. I think this will sell out, so please get stuck in quick. Um, you can also find, if you're not on Facebook, you can go to comedianscomedian.com and that's uh, my that's the sort of basic website for this show uh, and it's got a link to the Facebook thing on it there so you can actually read the link without needing to be in Facebook, which seems only fair. Uh, a very quick reader's email now. This is from Dave Miller. Uh, Dave says, During the most recent podcast, you expressed a concern that it was not reaching non-comedians or perhaps held no interest for them. While I consider myself a comedy nerd, I'm no comedian. What I am, however, is a writer of short stories and poetry and I'd like to tell you now your podcast is an amazing introvert insight into the creative process kind regards Dave Miller thank you Dave I really appreciate knowing that thank you very much and I'm also a big fan of the sign off kind regards on that subject I've been really blown away by everyone's response to telling me they're funny for no money thank you thank you non-comedians you special special people it's lovely for the uh, the comedians not to be the special ones for once um, thank you non-comedians for telling me that you're into the show that you're getting stuff out of it I really appreciate knowing because uh, well let's be honest the number of comedians is sort of finite isn't it but the number of non-comedians although I will admit technically finite uh, can go up and up in terms of the the listenership of this show so you're the people we're after uh, and I'm really glad that you're getting something out of this why not so I've got a little game for you this time bear in mind this is only available to my non-comedian listeners comedians can play but you're supposed to be funny so uh, this is a game on Twitter and comedians will have the handicap of me reading their tweet while smashing my shin against my Ikea Malm bed Uh, just to sort of take take the edge off the funny and give you a bit of a handicap. Here's the game. I'm going to do a show at Edinburgh next year. Who knows? Maybe I actually am, but for the purposes of this game, I am. I need help with the title, and the two subjects it's going to be about are sea creatures and war. So I'll start you off. The show could be called Stuart Goldsmith Shell Shock, or possibly... Clambo. It's awful laughing at my own stupid joke there. Uh, Non-comedians, tweet me at ComComPod with the hashtag funny for no money and give me suggestions, please, for uh, an Edinburgh show title that was about sea creatures and war. Rock those together. Um, Comics, you can join in as well, but you have to use the hashtag hack for cash. And you get double points if you're using the numeral four uh, in the freight hack for cash. That's all of the stuff I'm going to chuck at you at the moment. Now let's get back to Eddie. Thank you so much for listening and thanks of course to Eddie for, for agreeing to come on the show. Very, very excited and I'm I'm just find it thrilled listening back to this. So pleased he came on. Uh, I shall return you now to Mr. Eddie Pepito.
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard
2: we work out. My solution is plush care.
0: So, in terms of your, your we're talking about your, your genesis as a, as a comedian. So, you got into doing improv shows. Well, yeah. What well, what well, what happened was that uh, it takes so much
2: courage, you know, to to do stand up because when you first start out, um, it's very rare. Um, I think, even though it seems to me there's more young people who are who who are more with it, but mm-hmm. uh, for me to find you know not to talk in a cliche but to like find your voice, yeah. you know what I mean like because when you 're first starting out basically and th- this is me, and I think this is what a lot of comedians do is that they come on stage and they 're like, I have a funny idea or, or I have a funny thing that i 've written about raisins and they come on stage and they're like, "So folks isn't it crazy that raisins are really shrivelled grapes <laughs> or <laughs> but but what I mean is that they're not connected they're not connected to what they are saying they are just speaking ideas yes and You know, they haven't because to me the really good stand-ups are 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 people who can take their lives, their actual lives, and they're fearless about like, okay, here is my life, Mm. and you know, and they know how to make it funny, and they're not embarrassed about their life because people usually starting out are just terrified of revealing any truth. Yeah. You know, and I remember someone saying, "Only the truth is funny." You know what I mean? Sure. Like only the truth is funny. Like, but there are really clever guys who like do. uh, I'm just thinking of like Dimitri Martin and Mm -hmm. uh, Zach Alphin. How they how they just uh, can write one liners that are very funny. You know what I mean? But I think even that to get to that thing is a process like they found that that's who they are and it takes it takes
0: years yeah yeah there's um there's a thing uh happening in british comedy at the moment a lot of young people starting comedy a lot of i
2: saw that i saw that i saw that at the festival just this young young kid i forget his name he was very good performer and he was just talking about his mom and dad yeah. all the time yeah. you know well, but the, it was really good you know
0: I think to a certain extent the industry kind of, the UK industry certainly fetishizes youth and at the uh, moment it's, all, it's that's like that's all they, like they the do in the industry. United States
2: if they sure. could they would just have toddlers on stage yeah, <laughs> yeah. In, in the, uh, how you doing that would be funny yeah. if they got younger and younger <laughs> and And like stand up became dominated by toddlers yeah. they they'd be,
0: they'd be doing all the squirrel material. They'd be like, ah, no
2: they would people. be just doing like, oh you know uh, a funny thing happened today i I made in my diaper, but then <laughs> I didn't tell anyone <laughs> Thank you very much thank you very much like, <laughs> I'd love to do a toddler comedian yeah, actually that would be great. like just come out it it would look horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Might be really funny. That might be. You see, that's how I write, by the way. And you're talking about the process. Is that um, like I am? Are you okay? I'm fine, medic. Um, (laughs) But the way I feel like I come up with. most of my good ideas is in front of audiences like this or, you know, or talking to other comics particularly like when, when I'm just hanging out with other comics and we just you know comics just talk in a specific language sure. like comics don't just say hey uh, I really like to shop you know comics are ju- they just immediately go into you know that specific language to comics about you know being kind of acerbic about it or mm-hmm. you know specific veins but like the toddler comedian I think I might try you know <laughs> You know, yeah. like good, e- good, good evening. Um, I didn't get my nap, so bear with me. <laughs> and the the reveal. It the might end. get old really fast, though, <laughs> if I'm in like a diaper, because that's what I I see it doing—just like yeah. a diaper and my belly hanging over. And maybe though, I would be smoking a cigar. <laughs>
0: Well, this is well, This is the lovely thing about your comedy is you wouldn't even need to wear the diaper. You could just describe the diaper, and that's the way you know. Like when that would be better. Yeah, that would be easy <laughs> for everybody. For Everybody.
2: <laughs> that's true. You're right. You're right. Uh, that 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 is a skill uh, to just paint the picture. Sure. Like I'm thinking, imagine if I was a toddler who came out and I was in a diaper, mm. you know, and like hi, hi everybody. <laughs> One like, time I did come out in a diaper. I did. Uh, <laughs> I did a bit it, it was pretty good I, I was the Lindbergh baby okay. and uh, I just came out and I said nobody really looked for me like I I was I was saying I was alive the whole time you idiots I was right by the house and now I was full grown but I still had the daikon. it was a weird bit <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking of the, the the bit in your in your current show, and I know you are rotating the material around. There's uh, yeah, like, a bit. When I saw you in, on the your first gig here, I was gutted to see that you didn't do the how'd you get the shirts so so fresh? Oh, I didn't. You do didn't it the do first that thing. bit. in The first thing I was telling, the Do the shirts, bit, do the shirts. Bit. Oh, okay. But in your um, in your just go and see, him. it's incredible. Um, but in your uh, in the show that I did see, you did the uh, the lounge singer having uh, flashbacks <laughs> of a war. Yeah, I and, do
2: a lounge singer that has war flashbacks. Yeah,
0: and that's, that's almost like a similar similar thing. It's it's not a sketch, but it's stand up that kind of pertains to sketch somehow. You're going, yeah. What would it be like if? And then putting a character in a situation, but that stays. That character is still you. So there's, there's right. kind of layers of character very right. subtly on 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 your in you as the performer. Right, 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 right.
2: Because I'm so like like I'm so rageful, um, or or. Or confused about life, or you know that I can, I, like I like to, I like to scream because because it's cathartic. Yeah. So then I could put it into this, you know, like I I love juxtaposing. Things.
0: Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is taking the the screaming you know battle flashbacks and putting them next to the the That's what I like to do. I like extremes perfect.
2: like yeah. the guy who's going, you know, everything is beautiful. No! <laughs> Fucking Frankie, get down. <laughs> that is the way I do like, <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I but, like psychosis basically. <laughs> 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 Let's go. Let's
0: go, honey. <laughs> So, in your let's uh, this is we're, we're digressing and in, in, interestingly into into your your process, but uh, just to finish this journey of you becoming a comedian from doing the, right. the your acting work and the sketch work, improv, and, and things like that, right? You where, whereabouts did Last Comic Standing fit into that process? <laughs> um, which well, is a reality show in the States,
2: yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny, like, uh, I, I you know, being in LA, you just Around uh, uh, people who develop shows mm-hmm. and stuff. And so I knew the developer of the show, and he wanted me to be on Last Comic Standing. Like, I, I despise reality shows mm-hmm. because there's nothing more fake than a reality show. Sure. Which is a funny, you know, which is, you know, they call it a reality show, and it's the yeah. opposite because yeah. everybody is playing for the camera and nobody is being <laughs> real.
0: Did you have to get out of cars several times? that's the thing from the one I did you'd turn up in a taxi and they'd reshoot it eight times yeah but what I
2: hated is that they're telling well I hated a lot of things about the show but what I hated is that like they're telling a bunch of comedians come on guys look happy you're they would say that to comedians like you know miserable comedians you know like come on guys you're supposed to be looking happy here you're in front of the Vegas we we taped it in Vegas okay. you know which is the unhappiest place on <laughs> earth everybody's gambling away their future yeah. and making horrible life decisions you know and and they're telling us to like look happy and uh, A a lot of the comics were desperate and they they would be like, yeah, yeah. You know, they really wanted to win this thing. But, you know, me and this other guy, his name is Russman Neve. And we would just be like, fuck them. (laughs) I'm not looking happy. And we got into being like yeah <laughs> we here and and they hated us yeah. they hated it the, the the producers were like oh god these bastards you know?
0: so this is i mean i am not intimately acquainted with how the show works you you were you were a fully fledged stand up before you went into it uh, it wasn't yeah. like a new it wasn't a new act show
2: it wasn't a what new, was act? No. A new act no okay. no no they were they were taking people uh who uh you know I had done it for a while, okay. and so it was a surprise to me that you know I just was like, okay, I'll do this, and then I kept going further and further <laughs> in, in the competition. I'm trapped in reality, yeah, yeah. I'm trapped in reality. Uh, <laughs> that's what it should have been called. <laughs> I'm trapped in a contrived reality. Um, but uh, yeah, I kept going further and further in this competition. And, but it's so weird that, I mean, what, what, and here's the other thing I hated is that they're pitting comedians <laughs> against each other. Yeah. Like, uh, who is funnier? And that's the thing about comedy is that, you know, I mean, who is funny? I mean, it's different tastes. You know, there's so many different types of comedy, you know, and Mm. uh, to make it a competition. They made it like a beauty pageant, Um, you know, (laughs) like, like, I swear to God, I found myself. Yeah, I I found myself on a stage in Las Vegas because to get into what they used to do is that if you I was in the semifinals and to get into the if you got into the finals, you got to live in a house (laughs) where for two weeks. And luckily, I I lost. God. (laughs) You know, even though it would, you know, everybody was saying how good it would have been for my career or whatever. But anyway, I found myself on stage and they're picking the finalists. There was, I think there was, there were 16 of us and they were getting it down to eight. And I really felt like I was in the Miss America pageant. We were all (laughs) on the stage just going, you know, everybody's like, oh God, I hope I make it. And I was like, I hope they don't pick
0: me. (laughs) In the diaper at the time with the sash. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Oh my God. God yeah
0: okay so so coming out of that show and uh, and getting back to stand up now I I've, I've listened to your album a great stillness mm. is that that's your debut album is that that's your first
2: that's voice? yeah that's the first one that I okay. um I I actually uh bothered recording because okay. I,
0: you know, because you I think know, that's what made me think you were newer than, than you actually are is that I was the only one I could find. So you, you'd made other right. kind well,
2: of, well, no, I, I, and I actually recorded another, um, Uh, album, but it was just purely characters and it wasn't that well done. Okay, Um, That one is called The Big Push because I did did like a series of one-man shows because I tend to do you know, I just love the conceptual thing. Like one of the things I did was like uh, on The Big Push was uh, I I love uh, like, I'll just give you a little bit. It was like a, a police sergeant going, folks it was like a press conference. We have a crazy dentist No, no, it would start, it would be like, folks, we have someone who is uh, going around uh, and injecting people with Novocaine. We're calling him the Novocaine bandito. He likes to watch uh, different parts of people go numb. (laughs) We believe it's a dentist who has a lot of time on his hands. and you know, it was funnier than that but <laughs> Sunday morning yeah man but, um, so that, that was a, 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 a CD I recorded which is crazy okay. characters but this great stillness um, uh, was, was really uh, it came out of the documentary that's being filmed mm. uh, that was filmed about me okay. and uh, we did it live at the Gotham Comedy Club in New York
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's so the the album, the Great Stillness, is linked to the documentary. The documentary. So that was it's the documentary of the making of that album.
2: No. No, no, the documentary just follows me around for a year and gets into my family life with my, okay. Uh, with my dad. Okay. Yeah.
0: And that's, that's being screened, excuse me. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that's being screened tonight in the...
2: Uh, yes, it's being screened tonight. You should go to it if you can. Uh, uh, it's late, though. 11.15 in the caves in the mm-hmm. big room. Uh, there's a screening. And then we're going to release the movie. Uh, it looks like, uh, like late fall.
0: Okay. You know. Okay. <laughs> So those um, the the earlier work you were talking about the Novocaine Bandito and all that kind of stuff. Um, that mm-hmm. at what point in your uh, stand up practice did that come out? Because it seems like if, if that did that happen before you were doing regular uh, stand up as yourself, or was, was it a parallel process?
2: Yeah, it seems it seemed to be like a parallel uh, uh, process that I would. Um, you know, I was doing one man shows, like just one man shows okay. where I would just go from character to character. And I think that was helping me build up my confidence okay. in front of audiences to just be a pure stand up. Do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. Like instead of just a guy who goes, Oh, this is, you know, a show about characters, you know, not me. Mm-hmm. Just characters, mm-hmm. but I think it gave me the courage to say, okay, I can, you know, drop that veil and just come out as Eddie Pepitone mm. and, 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 and be with everybody and then put in the character. So I think it was, you know, a parallel thing. Sure.
0: Well, so let's talk then about the, the relationship between you, the real Eddie Pepitone, and the, the persona, the stage Eddie Pepitone. Mm. Is there, I mean, it seems right. in your work that I've heard, there's a lot of autobiography. There's a lot of, um, uh, like, one of, my, one of the things I always described to friends before I came up here, I hadn't heard of you. Mm. Was um, the bit when you're—I uh, think it's in the she's adorable bit when you're—you're uh, you're on the phone and you ring your wife and go, "It's me, me." <laughs> me like and it's just this beautiful little moment of just finding this howling cosmic pain in the in this little moment of just ringing someone you know and going it's me, and then there's this feeling that somehow they don't yeah, recognize yeah, yeah. it that I think beautiful. that comes
2: from just uh you know my my insecurity that nobody is ever paying attention to me
0: yeah 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 exactly that's uh, that's you know
2: what I mean and like I think that's a thing uh, with comedians in 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 general is that we so badly uh need to be the center of attention like I even notice it and I don't know if this makes me seem like a bad person but I even notice it when my when my I've been living with the same woman for um, uh, I think three years and like when she comes home you know if I'm in the apartment (laughs) and she comes home and she doesn't immediately say things to me I'm like
0: (laughs) what the fuck
2: (laughs) you know and like I need, I, I just, I just am so needy. I realize, and so stand up is such a great way to like get get out that need, and, the, and then maybe you don't emotionally destroy the people in your lives. <laughs>
0: And is that something that's happened in the past? Have you? I hey, mean, I, take it easy. <laughs> I
1: mean.
0: Yes, it has. But uh, but I mean, uh, there's. I, I know. Me and my friends talk about our girlfriends being comedy widows. You know, because they are. You know, you you don't see your partner as much as you'd like to. You're obviously. I mean, my, my girlfriend. I nearly called her my current girlfriend there, which I will be editing. Um, I. Uh, what I mean is. What I mean is. <laughs> my current I, girlfriend. I don't mean that at all. What I mean is my. There's no way that out. That is a
2: that is that is a person who knows My, that things are transient. Oh. Nothing is permanent. Not it's very Buddhist. Babe, I love you. I love you. <laughs>
0: She's your biggest fan, Eddie. She's definitely going to be listening to every inch of this recording. Um, what I mean is what I mean is my girlfriend, for the first time, this is the first girlfriend I have gone out with who has a regular job, a nine to five office job. And as a result, previously I've been in relationships with performers who it's easier to be in a relationship with a performer in terms know, of the structure of your. I know. I'm trying to prove this to you and her now. And um, <laughs> what, I, what I mean is that. that Do you thing, want us to leave and
2: you could just. Yeah, should, I'll just keep recording.
0: The- <laughs> um, was the difficulty of keeping together a relationship with someone who works a regular job when you work evenings, weekends and, and, and as well are possibly a terrible needy person because the very fact that you're into stand up is arguably a kind of mental illness
2: you know no doubt about it yeah yeah well it, it is no so, doubt about it yeah That is difficult. I mean, right now, uh, I've been away um, because before I've done Edinburgh, I did uh, Dublin. And then before that, I was taping a show in Atlanta for a network called Adult Swim, which is this animated network that Mm. does crazy shows. And before that, I was in San Francisco. So I haven't seen, you know, my... uh, uh, She's my fiance now for for almost two months. And it's getting strained, you know? Mm. Strained. Like I'm Skyping her. I feel like I'm doing communiques. I
0: have
2: (laughs) have the headphones on Skyping her through the computer. Honey! Like I'm talking into the computer. Sweetheart, I'm here in Edinburgh. (laughs) Yes, no, I love you so much, you know? Yeah. It's just... We need to see each other. It's been a long time. You know what I mean? I'd say, you know, how much can I tell her about? There's a lot of flyers here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what do you fucking say? By the way, one of the bits I've thought of, one of the bits i thought of, um, because... um, you were talking about how do you come up with bits and stuff is that you guys ever see you know Apocalypse Now where (laughs) you know Colonel Kurtz is just like I feel like what I want to make a video you know because the festival's long and it's a a long haul for a comic to do a month of fucking shows and I just want to be at the end of the festival like Colonel Kurtz just stroking my head surrounded by flyers (laughs) just going to flyers (laughs) instead of the horror just the flyers,
0: <laughs> the flyers. I think that'll work. I think that's that's got to be the opening of next year's show. Are you are you going to come back next year? Would you come to Edinburgh again?
2: <laughs> Give me him. I don't know. I want to make it through this year. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll be back. You know, I'm sure I'll be back. And you're enjoying. The- it would be funny to like make that statement now. I am definitely going to, but
0: probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about the venues before. We were talking about your issues with the uh, the, the Hugh the Hugh Grant story. Oh my
2: God, that is so funny. I, I just just love the the hilariousness that Hugh Grant came to see me, which is just funny. Uh, you know, because uh, why would you Grant <laughs> come to like? It was so, it's so random yeah. to me. But one of one of one of the guys who's a who, who's a, who's a big fan of mine uh, happens to know you Grant, and he was like, "You got to see this guy Eddie Pepitone." You Grant happened to be. Here, so he came. uh, He came to the Tron, I think, with nine women. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not. And um, and two of them didn't have ID, and they turned away. uh, You Grant and his party. Yeah. And so, you know, my producers were really pissed off about it. And we, so we moved from the Tron mm-hmm. to another venue now mm-hmm. because they've been turning away people like that, you know, and to do it to you, Grant, yeah, you know, let you, Grant, in with his nine women.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You brought um, some notebooks with you. If we, if you wouldn't mind having a look at uh, some of those, we were talking about the, the uh, your uh, writing week. Or I mean, I know you said you uh, you are not a disciplined writer. No, I'm not. I mean, and you yet, could see my yet, notebooks. They they are like they, they are like they are like they are like the scribblings of a madman. For the benefit of you know? the listener, uh, there was some sort of fluid spilled on several of those pages. Yeah, could be coffee, t- tears, coffee,
2: tears on. and tears. Definitely tears. <laughs> <laughs> but um you know um I'm just all about stream of consciousness like I was uh, and I write about the apocalypse a lot I like uh, like the apocalypse is always going you know I live in LA and it's right now it's so blisteringly hot there and it's a desert Los Angeles that you know and it's like it gets so hot there and there's earthquakes occasionally, and then there's wildfires, and I feel like I'm just in an apocalyptical landscape out sure. there, and it's such a weird place because then they're making television, mm. and you know, the weather goes from hot during the day to freaking really beautiful at night. Like mm. the nights in Los Angeles are very beautiful. So it's a very kind of seductive place that's also a horrible place. Sure. As well, like I love this climate in Scotland. You know, do
0: you guys? It's, it's not always like this. <laughs> it's not always like no, this. No, 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 no. This is very misleading.
2: What, what's the bad part of it?
0: Uh, it's, it's kind of constant <laughs> rain. It never rains
2: in Los Angeles. And me and my uh, fiance, when we see a cloud, we get excited. Okay. Like, honey, a cloud. <laughs> it might rain. Like, ah, oh, I hate the sun. I'm kidding. That's a weird thing to say, right? Like, I hate life. But anyway, I'm always writing about
0: it. So, so do you, you're a, are you a note taker? Do you always have a notebook with you? For you know, I used 50? to
2: when I first started.
0: When I first started, I was so...
2: I would carry around a recorder and look like a lunatic on the street <laughs> because I would constantly be going, um, gr- great idea... Um, you find a quarter on the street and then you collapse and fake a heart attack. <laughs>
1: like,
2: <laughs> like whatever popped in. No, I was really a believer. I was really a believer when I first started out that you have to be so diligent whenever a funny thought comes into your head, you know? But that was co- really draining after mm. a while. Like I'd be with friends and I'd be like, hold on. Um, dinner party. Really boring dinner
0: party. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> really boring dinner party where you go into the bathroom and put on a fake mustache so you can get out of there they don't recognize you <laughs> or whatever it was you know what I mean yeah. it was it was a lot of work I mean to always carry around a notebook and I and, and I realized that if you did it that way what it what it would do to me is that I would never enjoy life because I would constantly be like like okay I'm gonna leave my apartment today and let's see what's funny yes and it was such a strain. So I stopped doing that and now I'm just kind of more, you know, organic about mm-hmm. the process. Like, you know, just throughout the day, you know, if you know, I'll just be just like um, living my life and sure. maybe at the end of the day, or I usually take what I what I usually do is I usually take I like to write comedy in the in, in when I wake up. Okay. And and what helps me write comedy uh, now is Twitter and Facebook. Okay, yeah, because uh, Twitter and Facebook is such a great thing because it's a captive audience. Um, you know, I have all these followers. I think I have forty one thousand followers on Twitter, and then I have five thousand people on Facebook. So it's like I write jokes and immediately there's this instant gratification of like, ooh, it's being retweeted. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, this person says like it's like having an audience right there. So it helps me just write all these things. Sure.
0: And I mean, one of the things you're known for on, on Twitter or something that I see a lot, I'm one, I'm one of the 40, 41,000, mm. is the your to-do list. Yeah, I have formats. Like I have yeah. to-do
2: lists. Like um, one, hose out, trunk. So uh, hose out, trunk, so dead body smell leaves. Two, uh, find God. Three, buy egg. Like, yeah. like, <laughs> dis- like disparate crazy stuff like that's how i like to think i love i love like i I was very influenced by monty python growing up Mm -hmm. and i and i love random crazy silly things sure you know
0: and is that, is, is that part of your, is that again, something that you just do when they occur to you? Or is that a, is that a discipline that you go, okay, I'll do a to-do list or is it something that just spills out? As it's it
2: kind of a discipline when I, when, when I wake up, but, but okay. I, I mean, I mean, but it just spills out of me mm-hmm. all the, all that randomness, you know, and I'm still finding a way I do bring tweets into my act now. Yeah. I carry around <laughs> like a folder and I, and I scream, these are my tweets. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm old school. I don't keep them in a phone or a computer. <laughs> you know, I carry my tweets with me. And nobody fucks with you when you have your tweets with you and you're on the streets going, these are my tweets. People run the other way.
0: <laughs>
2: but it's interesting what'll get like a big laugh on Twitter. Like, like I, I, one of my tweets is... Uh, Cramming for a prostate exam today. <laughs> There's just something about the wording of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Or the only thing stopping me today is genetics, brain chemistry, lack of income, time and place I was born in, and lethargy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing. But there is,
0: I mean, there's a real crossover there. That's very unusual for comedians. Most comedians I talk to about Twitter say that, oh, it's either it's a sort of a silly little thing where something isn't good enough for the stage and you kind of dump it on Twitter. Or it's, (laughs) uh, I think that's a fairly common thing. Yeah. Or or it suits a particular type of short wordplay joke or a joke that's better written down. But there's real, your Twitter usage is so, it's so you, it's so of you and of your persona that it does, it has that direct translation to the stage right it makes perfect sense somehow that you be right it, i'm it, also going to put out a book
2: since it's so formatted with the to-do list and i have another form that is called i, I call signs that things aren't going well uh, yeah and i, I, I list you. things like signs that things aren't going well one uh you're, you you cry in your car uh you know two you like to go off to you like to drop uh Uh, Cake from roofs, (laughs) and uh, (coughs) and again, it's just random crazy stuff, you know. Uh, Three, you talk about butter a lot or whatever, you know. So I'm going to put out a book with the with those different lists. So look look for that now.
0: We'll put a link on the website. Um, So uh, yeah, for like the six people. Um, So we'll. uh, I meant who listened not who are interested in. <laughs> sorry it, I I'm, feel like
2: I'm your girlfriend
0: you're a your problem yeah yeah like, I
2: know,
0: look I, I, that. Look, I my, didn't mean my current
2: guest <laughs> my um, current guest <laughs> <laughs> what you're having other guests <laughs> you didn't tell me that I thought I was the only guest <laughs> ever
0: uh, yeah you are it's all built around you <laughs> it's, a, it's an elaborate hoax I basically just wanted to meet you Eddie so I faked the whole thing I'm really sorry I
2: go out and everybody's an android. (laughs) No one is real.
0: (laughs) <laughs> um, just uh, speaking to the androids for a second if you um, we've, we will, we've got about some 10-15 minutes left uh, there'll be some time at the end for questions so I'd like, just like to flag that up now so that you can have a think because I've noticed throughout the show with this one in particular we've been getting not heckles but certain uh, androids have been going hmm in a very sort of agree mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I agree so I'm expecting some very perceptive questions for Eddie uh, oh don't put that much pressure oh no I want them. <laughs> I'm expecting the it. questions
2: to be perceptive yet slightly funny.
0: Yeah
1: <laughs>
0: So uh, so looking just at your notebook, which as you say, it's like it's you you're you handwriting notes. Do these ever do you ever sit and type? Do you ever put these in a form Boy I hate it?
2: typing. I mean I hate uh writing on the computer. I maybe because of my age, you know, I'm fifty three. I, I just like writing longhand, you know. Mm-hmm. But you have to put it on the computer uh at some point so you can print it out and read <laughs> it. I mean I it's hard for me to even read my own writing at this point. But um yeah okay what was the question
0: and you, it was just sort of an open ended so writing oh. kind of question
2: <laughs> it'd be funny if we were both so amorphous like do you mm, yeah. and I'm like ah. <laughs> <laughs> and people yeah. are like mmm
0: <laughs>
2: everybody's had a stroke yeah. your, your listeners are all stroke victims <laughs> <laughs> And so when it comes to structure, oh, that'd be great if the act was like that too. Hey oh. folks, <laughs> coffee, mm-hmm. mm. eggs, <laughs> just one word, everybody can understand it.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. We've we've reinvented it there. That's <laughs> reinvented it. it. Oh my God, relationships. Talking? god it's like uh, audio mime Let's audio
2: mime <laughs> that's a good phrase audio mime
0: comedy of uh... i'm gonna take that yeah that's yours that's yours <clears throat> uh, i'm having your squirrel stuff so uh... <laughs> So is there something I was going to ask about your, uh, two things. One is about the structure of your show. Now, I know uh, a lot of UK acts, and I think this is actually symptomatic of the fact that Edinburgh is so popular um, that UK comedians tend to, when they come here, and Australians, Canadians as well, you tend to have a theme, and people go, oh, this is my show today, you know, this year my show is about shopping, or my show is about my relationship. Yeah, I noticed that,
2: and they Uh, kept asking me that before. Okay.
0: I came out here what's your show about what's your show about Yeah,
2: you know meaning what's the theme and I was like I don't know
0: yeah, no. You're yeah. well. You're not supposed to have one. You're American, and Ameri- oh, is that right? Americans don't have things. Americans come out and go. Ooh. In in my experience, certainly American yeah. comedy albums, the American shows I've seen. Talking to Hannibal Bress yesterday, yeah. it's like, well, it's not about anything. It's all of my best funniest jokes. Whereas yeah. the UK acts, we we seem to be in this. I think because there's so much competition, specifically at this festival, oh. that in order to stand out, oh. people go, okay, this is it's this year. It's all about ice. Oh, but you know, the ice in our hearts. And at the end of the show, mm. at the end of the show, my dad dies, and then. <laughs> there we are you know and that's that's the kind of theme isn't it you know you go and it turns out my dad was a snowman and you go ah oh, this is the, the ice show so it's about
2: ice and your father's death yes yeah okay that sounds like a hit
0: yeah totally yeah exactly yeah so there's there's a lot of uh, you know and I, I subscribe to that as well I'm sort of mocking my own thing you know I'm doing a show this year it's about selfishness it's kind of about you know well that isn't a that. bad idea
2: I realize you know that it's it's nice to like lay a structure on it mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I was just describing the to do lists and the signs that things aren't sure. going well. And 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 I think, you know, it it is good to lay and I've been learning this slowly because, you know, I'm so chaotic and random in my thinking that, you know, putting structure on it, like, oh, okay, this stuff mm. is about the apocalypse, it really helps you know, we. You know, it really helps get your thinking in a certain direction, mm-hmm. and, and 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 it actually, I think, helps the creative process. You know, to have a structure on mm-hmm. it because it then forces your mind to like not go off. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think. I think. I think it just forces your mind to be more focused, and the more focused you are, the Deeper the vein of creativity is. I love listening to myself talk about I it. I love it. No, I know no, no. because part, part of the way through, I'm like, who are you fucking bullshitting? No. You're such a bullshit artist. I'll just go home and write random shit after this. <laughs> After I talk about structure.
0: No, this, this is the stuff. This is the thing that like, my geeky comedy fan listenership is, is fascinated by. It's very mm-hmm. often the moments when people go, oh, that sounds really pretentious. That's exactly the stuff we want. I think, I yeah. think there's, there's absolutely, there's a lot of truth in that.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so I have a lot of apocalyptical things. Like, I think during, like, I just jotted down during the apocalypse, there'll be uh, porn showing in coffee shops. Like, you'll just walk into a coffee shop and there'll just be horrific pornography uh, being shown all over the place because society will have broken down, but you'll still be ordering very casually, like, a latte, please. (laughs) Double shot, and you'll be hearing, like, fuck me, fuck me. Uh, Yeah, can I have extra? (laughs) Anyway, it's a dark bit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so is there, a, is, is there something that you like? do you have maybe a note that you've made recently that we could look at how you would go about unpacking that to, to find the funny in it is there something, something that's not currently part of your set
2: um, let's see I wrote because I'm always trying to lose weight um, <laughs> it's a losing battle but I, I go dieting is sad what kind of life is that avoiding the good places um, I open the door to the places I want to eat and yell, "I want to be in here! I want to be in here!" But my doctor tells me I can't, <laughs> and then leave. Yeah. So that's just that's just an idea okay. I had. So you know how how would I develop that?
0: Yeah, is that that's a case of taking that idea on stage and sort of trying to inhabit it or would you go okay there's that and would you go right I'll, I'll get on one now and I'll sit down and I'll write for an hour around that subject, yeah well for or?
2: me I would I would take that on stage and talk okay. about how you know I don't eat in pizzerias anymore but I go in there and I just walk around going I really want that and um, you know but now and I also w- w- for me like I, whenever I am dieting or exerting any kind of discipline i always feel superior to other people (laughs) like i immediately am like like let's say i i quit like i remember when my dad quit smoking my dad quit he smoked cigarettes he would then see someone smoking and go those will kill you yeah (laughs) like he immediately was like the guy who was like i quit why can't you
0: yeah sure
2: you know what i mean so and, and so, like, that bit about me dieting, would I, I would think of an idea, like, of me going into restaurants and just making an announcement to the people eating mm. stuff that I don't think is good for them. Like, gotcha. folks, how could you be eating that pizza? Look what it did to me. Like, just,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: look, you got to eat salads. You have to eat salads. Fresh vegetables. You're idiots like that would be. Like a
0: reverse mascot. Yeah, okay. nice. okay. <laughs> so when you're when you're doing that kind of work, when you're improvising, I mean, the, that, yeah, that, I do a lot of improv. Like I said,
2: I was in an improv company, sure. so I'm very, you know, I'm very uh, used to uh, being in the moment, and 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 really, for me, the joy of stand-up is, is not so much. Uh, doing the material that's very written, it's mm. finding uh, the, the 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 humor in the moment because it's so immediate when you're on stage and you're you're like, oh God, I, I have this this bit now, and it's being written right with these people. It's not in front of these people, but mm. with these people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we are writing this together you know, because you're inspiring me. This audience is inspiring me to be funny because the impetus to be funny is, is to make these people laugh. You know, that's the high of the whole genre, is like we are experiencing joy together. And there seems to be, for me, less joy in doing stuff that I know so automatically as opposed to the joy of something new for me and them, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Do you, do you find that? I mean, the, the idea of... Um of going on stage just with an idea and improvising it it's something I've tried I tend to be I tend to be quite written it's a very attractive idea and I'm sure to a lot of comics listening to this and maybe people here today they'll be thinking Mm -hmm. that would be that's what I want to do obviously that comes with an inherent risk that sometimes a big risk you'll flop and it won't be funny if
2: if you're doing that um, you know, you, okay. I've got a great idea about r- going into restaurants and talking about, uh, you know, how uh, people are idiots for eating this kind of food, and and if it gets nothing, mm-hmm. you're like, uh oh, that wasn't mm-hmm. that fucking funny, you know. And then you tend to go back to you, to the stuff that works. Sure. Okay. You know, you're like, okay, fuck the improv. Like, you can immediately go, who the fuck am I? Can't believe I was talking about that on that podcast. <laughs> yeah. I better do that written stuff really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know what so, I mean so, like but, that's the risk
0: and you have to push through that risk on stage presumably there has to be times when you're improvising around a subject in front of a room full of people who are just staring at you and do you yeah one of the options is to go hey well that bit didn't work and, and fall back on prepared stuff but right. also presumably in that kind of crucible that moment mm-hmm. of wow maybe I'll keep going and, and push right. harder you need to I mean presumably like do you ever feel nervous do you ever feel like oh, oh this yeah. is tanking and you're oh choke. yeah yeah
2: Oh yeah. And it's interesting. Some nights, you know, and it really depends on the night. Like some night, nights I'll have the courage uh, to push through that, 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 you know, feeling of rejection of the idea and push through and keep going. And then I'll find it because I'm just being so extreme and pushing through and then I'll find it. But other nights, you know, I'll feel that and go, and, I, and, I, and I'll, just, I'll just go, oh, forget it.
0: You know, yeah, forget for it. Sure. I
2: can't do it tonight. And that's really, I, I find, I don't know about you, but I find when, when I'm performing, so much of it is like the night and how I'm feeling physically and the crowd and like all these factors come into, you know, what you're going to perform that night mm. or how you're going to perform that night. Mm. Can I put the, this away now? You,
0: you're allowed to put that away now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we'll, uh, we'll go over to the androids. We've just got a couple of minutes. Um, if, uh, if any of you have some... Uh, Perceptive and yet slightly <laughs> no, or or if or would like to know anything at all, please don't feel any uh, pressure on that part. I've killed the questions, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, I've got this uh, lady there. If you ask ask through me and just for the sake of the recording. It.
2: Yeah, you you know why? Uh because I'm sick of America.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um Yeah. That's partly true. That's partly true. But uh because and, and I love this because I went to Dublin before this and then here is that I, I it's unbelievable how I didn't know of these UK comics. Mm. Like, for some reason, it doesn't make it to America. Like, for instance, uh, I saw the Irish comic Tommy Tiernan. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, I'm like, when I saw, I saw him live in Dublin for the first time, and I was like, how do I not know of this guy? Mm. How is that possible? He's like one of the best comedians I've ever seen in my life. So I really just wanted to broaden my world. It's like, why do you travel you know what I mean? Because you want to be exposed to new ideas. And like I'm watching, you know, all these comics out here and I'm like, oh, wow, this is um, – there's a world of – not just – because you get really stuck in a rut, you know, seeing the same people and being in the same country and stuff. So that that's why and – it, and it really – and then the other big reason is that it forced me out of um, my comfort zone. And whenever you force yourself out of your comfort zone, it's painful, but you always grow. Like Like I'm expecting – Come like once the festival is over and I go back to the States I'm expecting that I'm going to have a big spurt in growth you know but who knows maybe I'll just shrivel up and die
0: (laughs) (laughs) there is no finer place on which to end the show (laughs) (laughs) ladies and gentlemen would you please join me in thanking Mr. Eddie Peppertone thank you so that was Eddie thank you very much for listening remember it's com. you can follow Eddie at Eddie Peppertone uh, he does some wonderful wonderful regular stuff on Twitter his website as I said has a link to both his album A Great Stillness his documentary The Bitter Buddha uh, and also he does I think I don't know if they're daily or weekly he puts up uh, little video episodes they can't be daily he can't work that hard uh, little video episodes called Puddin', which are just one minute long little YouTube clips which are very very funny as well so go and check those out remember James Acast is coming on the show on a special live edition that's Wednesday the 6th of February details at the website comedianscomedian.com and indeed on the Facebook page so please do that keep telling everybody about it and we want Sea Creatures and War Edinburgh show titles for Sea Creatures and War tweet them to me with the hashtag funny for no money if you're a non-comedian and hack for cash if you're a comic thank you very much next week Mike Gunn speak to you soon